Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the minister here uh, this week. I'm back. I'm so grateful for so many people that uh, rallied to so many different positions last week on very short notice to help me uh, being out. And I'll take this moment to advertise the fact that both of our services are on YouTube. I watch them both uh, every week. So you can go to our website and go to worship and click on 9 o'clock or click on 11 o'clock. And you'll see the latest video from that week. And you can also look back in the um, archives. We believe in uh, practices that we try to celebrate as much as possible. We try to live into them, and we have announcements that go with each one. Uh, uh, some Sundays we do not, but we believe in um, radical hospitality. And I'll just celebrate the website as its ability uh, to let people know about our church before you walk in the door. We believe in passionate worship. Um, and I'll give you a couple notes about our services. And actually, Fred, if you'll um, come and be ready. Um, we have one... Uh, Christmas Eve service at 5.30 here in the sanctuary on Christmas Eve. We have one Christmas Day service, the Sunday the 25th at 10 a.m. It's here in the sanctuary. We have one New Year's Day service. It's at 10 a.m. here in the sanctuary. So you'll see those uh, notes on the website as well. But um, 5.30 Christmas Eve, 10 o'clock Christmas Day, 10 o'clock New Year's Day. And then we'll be back on our normal schedule. We believe in intentional faith development, and we have I want to make sure that you understand our Sunday night uh, programming. We will not have programming until January 8th on Sunday night with uh, children, youth, and adults. January 8th will be the next time. And uh, one of our retired clergy, Fred Parker, has an announcement about that as well. Good morning. Aaron and Joe told me I had one minute, so the clock starts now. Uh, I know you guys can read, uh, and you read the bulletin every week, but I wanted to lift up just one uh, a a study that we will be doing on Christianity and world religions wrestling with questions people ask. The particulars are in the bulletin, but I just wanted to call your attention. I will be facilitating this program. I'm by no means an expert on the major religions, but we'll have a video series uh, by Adam Hamilton, and he will be bringing in on the video different guests from the different religions. Uh, we live in a diverse world, and I, I dare say there's not a single person in here that doesn't come in contact uh, with a Hindu or a Buddhist or a, or a Jew, uh, Islam, and we're in competition in this world. Um, and it just behooves us, I think, to know as much as possible about what other people, other religions believe. Do they believe in salvation? Do they believe in good works? Do they believe in eternal life? Uh, what do they think of Jesus? Who is this Jesus that we worship, Son of God? Uh, we will be uh, looking at the major religions and we will end up week six with our own Christianity. Uh, and uh, we will be looking at some of the uh, other denominations of our faith, major denominations and the differences between the Methodist and the Presbyterian, the Catholic, the uh, uh, you name it. So, and I, w I would like to extend a welcome to our youth. I think it would be good for them. They're in that learning stage. 
so if you're interested, we look forward to it. It starts January 8th. We will not meet on Super Bowl Sunday, February 5th. I'm not crazy, so uh, to, to interfere with that day. Email Beth, and if you would like a book that helps you through this course, you can go ahead and get that in advance, and the cost is uh, $8. So look forward to having you there. Thank you. Thank you for it. We believe in risk-taking mission and service, and uh, Aaron, our children's director, has an announcement about that. Good morning. I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries, and I have an exciting opportunity to share with you all today. Um, we are having a Zoe gift fair. So in your bulletin, you will see something that looks like this. Um, Zoe Ministries is a program that works in several countries um, where there are uh, many orphans in need who are living in poverty. And Zoe's um, mission is to help children never need charity again. So they have a three-year training program that teach trade skills to these orphan children. They support each other, they support themselves, they learn financial management, um, and the, most importantly, they learn a trade and to have hope and they make goals. There's too much for me to share right now. It is a very exciting, very in-depth program um, that the Methodist Church supports. It was, it was founded by a Methodist church um, and it's doing amazing work and we'd like you to be a part of it. Um, so, all you have to do is mark your offering envelope if you'd like to give. You can see that there's a variety of gifts here. For $10, you can give rabbits, banana trees, uh, banana tree bulbs, or maize seed. It goes up from there, $25 for chickens and so forth. And if there's a really special someone in your life, you can give $250 for a latrine in their honor this Christmas. I'm, I'm joking a little bit. That's very important, I am sure, to the ministry of Zoe. Um, but there are a lot of different options here. And once you've given, you can go back into the narthex at the end of the service and pick up one of these cards. And this says on the front, to an orphan in need from someone who cares. Inside you can fill out the, the nature of your gift and share that with the person you're giving it for. Um, there are also little cards that will say things like a gift of rabbits, a gift of maize seed, Bibles, carpentry tools, things like that. They're all back there. Um, but I would encourage you to give or to go online and learn more at zoehelps.org. At the 9 o'clock service, my mother shared with us her experience because she went on something called a Zoe Mission of Hope. So she went to Rwanda and saw how this program worked and um, was really inspired by it and the people there um, and most of all the effectiveness of it. Um, these children are in desperate, desperate situations when they come in, uh, living on the streets, perhaps in abusive situations, um, and in three years' time, they are independent, um, money-earning uh, providers for their family and others, and many will take care of others in the community once they are empowered in that way. So I thank you to give and hope that you will give the gift of... Um, helping others this Christmas. Thank you, Aaron. You'll see our mission committee in 2017 celebrate local opportunities like the Greer Soup Kitchen, regional opportunities like Sakahatchee, and global opportunities like Zoe, uh, so that we can support each of those entities. We believe in extravagant generosity, and our note about that today is that um, we are remarkably close uh, to completing our um, pledge uh, uh, pledges for 2016. If you have outstanding ones, if um, you want to be very certain, if you want credit for them, to make sure you get that in this calendar year. We've also collected a number of um, pledges for 2017. We're grateful for that and we have um, uh, very grateful for the progress that we've made and if you, if that is your practice, if you would um, please do that. 
So I'm going to call the cadets forward for the lighting of the Christ candle, and you'll see the liturgy to your right in the bulletin. Psalm 89, 1-4 I will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You said, I have made a covenant with, the cho with my chosen one. I have sworn to my servant David, I will establish your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. New life is coming. God is breaking through. We will all be changed by the language of love. The love of God is never ending. Today, we light the candle of love. We give thanks for God's steadfast love. We give thanks for God's steadfast love. You'll stand as you're able and join us for our first hymn. It's an insert in your bulletin on the next page.
let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Our first scripture reading today is taken from Psalm 98. And in your pew Bibles, this will be on pages 935, 936. Psalm 98, verses 1 through 6. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for the joy of the Lord all the earth burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout the joy before the Lord, the King. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. Lord, as we open the text and read of the struggle of the Holy Family in their journey to do things out of their control in a time that was already stressful, in a place that was threatening their very lives. Help us, Lord, to see ourselves in that story, to understand the pain, to understand the joy of anticipation, to understand the, the call of God upon our lives regardless of what's swirling around us. Open this text for us today. Be present with us in proclamation. And help us as we give, as we pray, as we sing, as we read to prepare our hearts and minds for the coming of your King. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught His disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. And if you would like to give online, uh, you are certainly welcome to do so. There is a statistical report in your bulletin, but um, our... Um, Financial Secretary has asked for more time to make sure that we get that exactly right. Uh, so it will be in a future bulletin and also in our newsletter and also in the email. Uh, but in the short version of it, all of our um, averages are up and we're um, uh, encouraged uh, by our future for next year.
Please be seated. Our scripture reading today comes from Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 1. And you can find it on page 1590, or within a couple pages of that, in your pew Bible, if you'd like to follow along. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you ever already had a situation developing and then you get a letter, call, or email from some entity that wants some other thing? Without question. It happens so frequently. In fact, we're so busy, it's hard not to get a letter when we're already doing something like that. I've moved several times in the ministry in 16 years, and occasionally we'll get a letter that says IRS in the top left. And you just go, Ugh. Even though we just oh, we pay our taxes normally, uh, what could it be? I'm not doing anything but sitting over here paying taxes that they want. But when you see that across the top of the letter, it can weird you out. What about when you get a phone call from a boss or authority figure? Right when you're trying to do something else or you're trying to settle something else. Um, I have had... Uh, increasingly close relationships with district superintendents as friends of mine have become superintendents. But when my phone buzzes in the middle of the workday and it says the district superintendent's name, I think, ah, I don't know what this thing's going to be. When I'm already doing something that's crazy that particular day or trying to catch something. When you get a letter or an email from an entity that needs something from you this second, it can be really difficult. Um, I'll get emails or letters from the Conference Board of Ordained Ministry. This is an entity that um, when somebody expresses interest in ministry to their church, all the way seven, eight years later at their ordination, this entity follows them and um, evaluates them to that point. I'll get a letter or email from the Board of Ordained Ministry and it still makes me go, but I'm on it now. I'm actually on the Board of Ordained Ministry. But when you get something in a letter or you get a phone call or you get an email that says, I know something's already crazy in your life, but I'm going to need something else. You can have a sense of what it's like to be this holy family. Mary and Joseph already had some pretty significant things going. They're engaged to be married. Is that stressful? Entirely. Whether it be three months six months, 12 months. I've seen somebody be engaged to be married 15 months on purpose. And they're uh, building all the things that they have to build, organizing all the things that they organize, getting all the vendors, getting all the food, dealing with the people, relatives, loved ones, while you're trying to put this day together. They're already engaged. Also, we're going to have a baby. That's already on its own, something that, again, with the relatives and again with the preparation and again with trying to pull things together. But now Caesar gets the notion that we should have a census, the major purpose of which is to reevaluate how much your taxes are. And Caesar probably never says, you know what, we've probably been paying too much. We've looked at it, we've evaluated, and I think we're going to ask less of you next year. Mm -mm. No, for 
Caesar to say, we're going to get everybody and y'all got to go to your hometown all at the same time so that we can track everything, so that we can tax you a little bit more on top of being pregnant, on top of being engaged. This is a life-threatening situation for them. That can't be understated. It's life-threatening for her to be pregnant because of health care of that day. It's life-threatening for her to be pregnant because they aren't yet married and anyone who wants to truly get to the letter of the law, it threatens her very life. It's life-threatening to get on a donkey and ride it for 10 days. Anybody ridden a donkey for 10 days? No? Anybody been pregnant riding a donkey for 10 days? No? Anybody ever drive through hostile territory and you want to get through it as quickly as possible? Right? I think the... Um, I think it was, it was either the Michigan coach or the Ohio State coach that wouldn't buy gas in the other state. Probably both of them. If they crossed through, they made sure that they did not buy gas in that state and they got through it as quickly as possible. That's kind of a funny version of that. If you don't want to go the long way, which no pregnant person would, you're going to have to go through Samaria, which is also life-threatening. Even if you're in a big crowd. So every element of this story is actually frightening and threatens their very lives. But here's what's significant in verse 4. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. So here's two significant points. Um, the map matters. And that's where we struggle because we haven't spent much time over there. But if we said that he lived in Traveler's Rest and he had to travel to um, Newberry or they had to go to Columbia, we would get that sort of thing because we've traveled those roads over and over and over again to Townville or to Anderson or to Ware Shoals or to, uh, what's over here, Inman, uh, Woodruff. You want me to name some more towns? You want me to keep, I'll just do this for 12 minutes. The significance of geography is that they are traveling the same path that their ancestors traveled. They're traveling the same path that Jesus will travel. So by going that same path, they're in the same line of all the people that have preceded them. And they're setting up the path of those who will come after them the significance of which all those people that preceded them were asked to do something beyond what they thought they were capable of doing. Pick up your family, pick up all your people, leave here and go to the land in which I promised. When you are doing that, you are understanding that God's will is more significant than the thing that you want to do. And that traveling down that road and doing that difficult thing is actually an indicator of being with God rather than being an indicator of God being absent. They're traveling that same path that their ancestors did and the fact that it says he's in the house and line of David, Jesus' father. Celebrated musician, fearless warrior, amazing poet and author of many of our psalms. You know what kind of pull musicians have on society? Big time. People love musicians. 
know what kind of pull famous warriors have on society both then and now? Big time. Imagine if you had the most famous musician and the most powerful warrior and you merged those into one person and then said, I'm in the line of that person. It's significant to say that Jesus is tied to him through his father, Joseph. So they have the map that they're traveling that's connected to the people that have preceded them. And they have a bloodline that's preceded them. And Buncombe Street and Memorial, more than any churches I've served, or at least I've noticed it way more, have had more people go away for shorter amounts of time and come back and live their entire lives and go over, the enti go over that same geography that they went over as a child, as a youth, as a parent, and now a grandparent. And more people here feel that connection to this community, to this geography, and to the bloodlines that go throughout this church. So we get it. So on the one hand, they already have some things going, Mary and Joseph. And this is the craziest thing that could possibly happen. I think number one all time. But number two, they're in a place where that has happened many, many times. And they're from a lineage of people who have been called by God to do also crazy things. Verse 5. Joseph went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So I want you to think about two different uh, elements in your life in regards to these uh, first two points. Number one, things we cannot control. Y'all want to make a list? You get out your pencil. The authorities in our life, whether they be um, political, whether they be religious, whether they be uh, all the other um, political authorities throughout the earth that make all sorts of choices that impact us, whether they be financial, uh, these people make choices that we can't necessarily have any sort of voice in that choice. The authorities in our life make choices for us. Can we control what people think or say about us? Mm -mm. No, you're talking about Mary and Joseph who were supposed to be married and now going to have a baby and also declaring that that baby is the Son of God. What do you think people are saying about them, including their loved ones? Y'all ever said something you shouldn't have said? You ever tolerated somebody saying something that they shouldn't have said? You ever leave something unsaid that you should have said? More than likely. And Mary and Joseph can't control what people are saying about them in this moment any more than they can control what the authorities are making them do. The actions of others, whether they be in total authority in our lives or just going past us on the road, have direct impact on us and we can't necessarily define what those other people do. But what do we most worry about and try to affect? The things we cannot control. Why? Oh, no. 
I don't know. I wish I knew. I wish I could stop. But it's your natural inclination. Let's talk about the things they could control. How much they were willing to listen to God. Because that was the number one factor in their predecessors in that land as to whether God something got something done in that moment was whether they were willing simply to listen. So are we willing to read? Are we willing to pray? Are we willing to sing? Are we willing to listen to what God is saying to us? That's a thing we can control. And of course that second one. Are we willing to attempt to follow what God is saying? Is it any more complicated than that? But I've been in leadership positions. I've been the follower when the leader is trying to say this. But we say, can y'all listen to the thing that I'm trying to tell you? <laughs> right? And then you look at the people and they go, mm-hmm, what did he just say? Right? Then you get in the environment, whether it be a concert or whether it be a game or whether it be a meeting or whether it be a family outing, and no plan survives contact with the enemy. You get into it and all of a sudden something's going to change. Will you do the thing that we talked about? Regardless of what's swirling around you. This is what we've got to ask ourselves in this season as we are preparing for a baby. Are we willing to let an infant born to parents yet to be married in a place that did not matter before that who tells us, follow me. Are we willing to let go of the things that we cannot control and seek those things that we can, listening to God and following God? If we're even willing to try that on a percentage basis, then we're living out the season of Advent and preparing our hearts and minds for the coming of the King. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll please stand as you're able and join us on our next hymn, number 238, Angels We Have Heard on High.
Yeah, fair. Right. Couple of simple notes, 5.30 Christmas Eve service, 12 o'clock, mm, 10 o'clock Christmas Day service here in the sanctuary. We have a beautiful tree of poinsettias and you are welcome to take a poinsettia home with you if you ordered one, if you'll just ask for help getting it off the tree. And we have little discs under them that um, protect the floor and everything if you'll leave the discs behind. We also have administrative council directly following worship today. If, you'll, um, if you're on that board, if you'll please stay for our meeting. Go in peace by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.